Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. Not to make it a habit, but here we are with another episode of our Payments Junior series. Today, we start talking about debit and credit cards. Extremely popular instruments, we discuss the whereabouts of both and begin with our classical breakdown of the cards themselves, what they are and how do they work. In the next episode, we will discuss card payment networks, especially with Visa and MasterCard, and of course, the impact of card usage on corporate treasury departments. In this episode, expect to learn the differences between debits and credit cards, what is credit risk and the credit limit embedded to credit cards, what is a consumer loan and how does it compare with the usage of credit cards, what are the most common credit cards provider, the pros and cons of debits and credit cards, and much more. On another note, Hosam and I wanted to warmly, wholeheartedly thank you. Two days ago, we reached 10,000 unique listenings on the podcast. This is this is just truly amazing and we wanted to, I mean, initially learn more about Treasury and share our findings, but we were very far from expecting that much enthusiasm around it. So thank you for listening to us. And well, if you are here for the first time, welcome. We hope you enjoy the episode and that you will stay with us for the coming ones. With all that being said, let's get on with the show. Riveted is the new word oh, for you today. Wow. Absolutely riveted to continue our payment journey, uh, as you say, to as you're taking us through um, the different types of payments, right? So we've already talked about cash in terms of paper banknotes. Mm -hmm. um, that was super interesting for me. Anyway, uh, I opened my eyes a lot to uh, the implications of cash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, then we talked about checks, the quote-unquote boomer technology right uh as we like to talk Indeed. about it um and that With was that was really interesting uh, up and coming the process Indeed. yeah like, uh, <laughs> but uh the trojan horse of bank cards which is what we're going to talk about today right absolutely so we uh are going to talk about credit and debit cards you told me uh, before yes. we start recording so i mean i think i know what they are but yeah can you just explain to us what do you mean by like debit cards, for example? Absolutely. So the idea here is again is to break down those two products. Obviously, most of people will know about it. But then what's gonna be interesting is that we're gonna walk through how does the payment networks work exactly, like how uh, are the transactions cleared? That's a term we uh, we tackle in the checks episodes. Uh, how the whole thing works in the background and then the application for corporate treasurers. But let's start indeed with the basic definitions of it and how do they work the different types of it. And I suggest we start with the debit card. So like shocker, uh, this is a piece of plastic. Oh, now it can be in metal actually. That is directly yeah, linked to indeed. And it's quite, it's quite fancy. It's cool. Um, I like the idea. But boom. The, the difference is not that big. Uh, so it's a piece of plastic uh, that is directly linked to uh, one's bank account. And whenever that person pays something uh, with the debit card, the money is directly withdrawn from the bank account uh, it is linked to in the coming hours or days. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. So 
we talked about the paper-based instruments in previous episodes that you mentioned, and CARBs obviously present the advantage of eliminating the need for those uh, paper-based instruments, so cash and checks. However, um, there also comes with some limitations, and one of them is uh, the daily debit limits that is usually attached to it, which means you can hardly proceed with uh, very large purchases. And last but not least, the debit cards allow you to withdraw cash at the ATMs, uh, sometimes for a small fee, but that means if certain places doesn't accept payments by card, you always have the alternative of going to an ATM, withdraw cash, and go back to the usage of this paper-based instrument. Okay, so more or less what I thought it was, it's um, you. It's a card that allows you to spend what you have in your account. Exactly. Only. Yeah. Correct? Sorry. Seems straightforward. Move on to credit cards. What's what's a credit card in your, in your definition? So here it is rather similar, uh, but with one major difference. So when somebody uses a debit card, the user gets the corresponding amount withdrawn directly from his bank account, right? With a credit card, however, this is not the case. With a credit card, always comes a credit limit. And every time a person purchases something, the corresponding amount is taken out of the total amount of the credit limit available, but not directly withdrawn from the bank account. Okay, so this time you're not spending your money, you're spending a limit. Exactly. Right, from a limit, from a, from a, uh, yeah, a limit that you're offered. So um, what what amount does this typically go up to, these limits? So you indeed tap into a credit limit, and the amount can vary uh, depending on each cardholder, obviously, but most of the time it comes down to the credit risk of a person. Okay, credit risk means what? Some, What does that mean, credit risk? So credit risk, um, I think we very quickly tackle it in the one of our old episodes, because it's been already eight months that we are producing this podcast. But so I think we talked about it very quickly in, um, in one of the first episodes, and it's the likelihood that a counterparty doesn't repay the money lended to him or her. And yeah, well, the credit risk is based on several criteria. The first one is how much money do you earn compared to the money you use every month to repay your debt, so the debt-to-income ratio. Um, making regular on-time payments, avoiding late payments when you use a credit card, for instance, uh, and keeping credit utilization under your credit limits um, are also ways of showing you do not present a big credit risk. So it's overall, how likely is it that you're going to repay your debts and depending on that, well, banks and financial institutions will be more or less willing to give you a big amount of credit limit, like a big loan or a rather small one. And with this, would also come the interest you pay out of this credit limit. Okay, so it's the risk that the bank feels you are. Precisely, right? as an individual. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, and so that's over a certain period, uh, for which you have to repay, of course, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, um, that's at least it. that's how my, yeah. No, precisely. So those periods can also vary, like the amounts. Um, a common one, we, we can take the example of one month, for instance, like 30 days. Um, so you can make your expenses uh, over 30 days and you have, let's say, 
to say something. You have $3,000 um, of credit limits over the period of one month. So all you can use with that credit card is $3,000 um, and you can make your, your payments. And at the end of this period, well, the, the period the amount will reset. You will have to pay back the money you borrowed from this credit limit. Um, but those periods can also be longer depending on your credit risk and the different offers of your credit cards uh, up to three months, for instance, or much more or a little bit less depending on um, the credit card you're using and your credit risk. So one thing you haven't talked about yet, Guillaume, is interest rates, because uh, we've talked about interest rates so many times in this podcast. We, we, I think our listeners know it very, very well. At least I do, from, from how much we've talked about it. Awesome. So interest rate is uh, the cost of lending or borrowing money, right? Mm -hmm. um, so and when we did an episode where we went into how those are set and everything like that, um, yeah. you need to pay interest on the amount that you borrow, correct? And even on Absolutely. credit cards. Exactly. So this is why, um, and you may start to to feel like it. Osam, we're going to spend much more time on credit cards than debits, because debits it's it's rather straightforward as you as you highlighted. With credit cards come um, a whole bunch of prerequisites and different things embedded to it, and it the interest uh, is one of the major things. So usually with a credit limit comes interest. That's that's almost always the case. And since your bank or financial institution is giving you an advance of, on money, like literally you can pay for stuff, but it's not directly taken out of your bank account, the bank or the financial institution linked to your credit card is making you an advance, right? So you will eventually need to repay that amount at the end of the period, as we just highlighted. And credit cards usually comes with um, that, with an interest rate, and actually a higher one than for consumer loans, for instance. But it's much more flexible, obviously. What's a consumer loan? So consumer loan means a loan to an individual for personal expenditure. And by this, I mean, so a consumer loan uh, will not include a home mortgage, for instance, or like a small business or a small farm loan. Those are all specific loans, right? You also have the specific loans for a car, for instance, like an affected credit, we say. Those are specific loans for specific purposes, and usually they come with specific terms of which cheaper than a consumer loan. With a consumer loan, you can basically say, okay, I'm borrowing this amount of money and I can buy anything I want out of it. And the particularity is that there is no real collateral out of it. Like the bank will lend you, I don't know, let's say $10,000 and you will be able to do whatever you want out of it, like going on a trip or paying for your wedding whatsoever. Whereas if you buy a house with a loan, well, the bank can take this house as a collateral, like, okay, well, I'm lending you the money for sure, but if you do not repay it, I'm going to seize your home, your house, and sell it back to, like, repay myself. Since you don't have this on consumer loans, um, the interest rates are usually higher because the risk is higher, coming back to this credit risk we just mentioned. Does okay, so... Yeah, so a consumer loan is, is a loan that someone takes out which... Um, isn't necessarily tied to anything specific purpose, right? So exactly. again, a credit card is a consumer loan because you just kind of get given the money, whereas a mortgage would be specific because it's tied to a specific purpose, right? They give you the money to buy the house. Uh, car so finance loan is they give you the money to buy the car and they pay back, et cetera. Exactly. Yep. Um, and how's the credit, is the credit limit, how does that compare? Like what, what's the relationship between consumer loans and specific loans and, and credit cards and yeah. all that linked to credit limits. Like, can you summarize all that for me? 
Absolutely. No, so that's a, that's a good one. So both consumer loans and credit limits embedded to credit cards um, are used for what we call personal expenses, right? So they are comparable in the usage, let's say. The difference is the credit limit coming with a credit card is open-ended, we say. So once we paid at the end of the period that we just mentioned, 30 days or three months, the borrower can use the, that credit limit again and repay it again and this endlessly, or at least for a very long period. This is what we call a revolving credit facility because of its revolving cycle. A consumer loan typically needs to be repaid over time. So like over the course of the different months, every month you're going to pay part of the capital plus the interest. And at the end of the repayment schedule, the credit limit, the loan is repaid and you cannot use that money again. Once the capital is fully reimbursed, there is no possibility of reuse. It's not the case with the credit cards. At the end of the period, you will pay back what you owe between buckets, what you expensed during the period. But then this credit limit is made available again, revolving cycle. So we made the comparison to it because the usage is the same. It's for personal expenses. But one is open-ended, let's say, and the other one has to be repaid over time with an end period. Okay, so it's like credit cards are ongoing. Every month you, you refresh your limit. That's basically exactly. it, right? Whereas once you pay off your house, they don't give you automatically more money to buy a second house. You have to go and apply for a new one, I'd say. Exactly. That's a, a much easier and straightforward way of explaining it. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, indeed. Now, now, I've always been flashed with ads that talk about interest rate-free periods, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. So what, what what does that mean? It means that you don't pay interest for a certain period of time or or what's it? This is becoming uh, a this by the way, this is becoming a very personal uh credit <laughs> financy episode. I hope we're getting to the part where this applies to corporates soon. Absolutely. But this Absolutely. is great financial advice for me. I'm learning a lot more about <laughs> what kind but of credit cards and what kind of loans I need to get. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're gonna get to it, but indeed, and actually we are talking more about loans than actual credit cards right now. But that's that's great. And it's I think it helps us to also understand the whole environment that is built around those credit cards and how does the whole process work, right? And not just focus on one thing. And it's also easier because we link it to personal usage, but then we're going to see the implication for corporate treasurers, the overall network, how does those things like in the nitty gritty details, but it's great to start with, okay, this is really how it works and I can link it with something I know, um, but we're going to get to it. Um, I promise you that. So, okay. So interest-free interest periods. Yes. The interest-free period is like, this will obviously depend um, on different criteria, but typically certain cards, certain credit cards come with what we call a credit-free period, like a grace period. This means you have a certain period before the usage of the credit card actually starts to cost you money. Uh, typically on my credit cards, again, to linking back to something uh, individual, um, if I repay on time every month, so at the end of my 30 days period, this is completely interest-free. So I will not pay anything on the cash advance my bank is making me. But the usable amount is also not big. So this comes with a drawback. If we talk about bigger amounts or if I do not repay on time, then interest rates starts to apply. And as we mentioned, quite some high interest rates. And this will be the case typically when you either have a good credit risk rating or in certain part of the world. For instance, in Europe, it's harder to get credit cards with interest, interest rates kicking in right from the beginning of the usage. You always have a grace period because that helps people manage better their personal finances. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, very clear. Okay. Um, 
one thing I was surprised by by our checks episode game was that how many different types of checks there are. Where I thought it was very basic, you just have a check, and then we start mm-hmm. going into like um, cashier's checks and traveler's checks and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Exactly. Um, does the same thing is? Am I going to get surprised by how many types of debit and credit cards there are as well? I are there different that. types I of debits you. and credit cards? I hope you will be positively surprised, Sam. So right now, <laughs> let's stick to the individual fund. When we're going to get into the, the corporate treasury details, we're going to see that there are indeed different types of credit cards a company can make issue for its employees. But so here, let's start with uh, with simple examples. Credit, uh, debit card, sorry. Here, it's rather straightforward. The main difference is the limit you can spend with your cards. And other than that, it's just choosing a card provider over another. We'll come to it later in this episode, but you typically aim at having a debit card accepted in as many shops and places as possible, right? What you want to do is being able to pay by card and not transport any cash or checks. So this comes down to the payment network used and what each merchant is affiliated with. So the types of credit cards typically come down to Visa debit card, to name one big uh, card processor and provider that we all know, or MasterCard debit card. Some countries might have some more local specific payment networks and therefore debit cards, um, and some that comes to my mind right now are Maestro, for instance, or uh, for our beloved Belgium, Bank Contact. This is again another type. So, I mean, so it's not necessarily different types of debit cards. These are different card providers and card networks, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Good. And you uh, you got me right here. Actually, there are not that many, there are not different types of credit cards. So the only thing we can take out of different types of credit card is just the provider. So yeah, you, you got me here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so very good. But okay, but maybe that's significant. So uh, we'll get to that. So the debit cards, okay. you said you mentioned those ones there. But I guess it's the same for credit cards, right? You also have Visa and Maestro's and Mastro, MasterCard, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Do debt credit cards as well, right? Is that is it the same differences? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and these are the basically the major credit card providers are the same. We have Visa and Mastercard. Not saying that those are the only ones, but let's say the most widely used in the world. Um, the two other common ones that we can mention are Discover and um, a very renowned one for our U.S. listeners, friends, American Express. So. Especially for Visa and MasterCard, though, uh, their cards are issued typically to individuals by banks, credit unions, or other financial institutions. Visa and MasterCard do not directly enter into contact with individuals saying, okay, I'm going to issue a card for you. They go by the banks and they, they provide their, their cards to the, to the consumer. Very clear. Uh, you mentioned one thing earlier, but you want something that's just widely accepted, right? Like yeah. American Express in in Europe is very under. I know because I used to have an American Express. There, there, it's mm-hmm. not very well accepted, especially in a lot of parts of Europe, which is interesting. Yeah. So, so that's um, that, that's I uh, think that's that, a shocker, uh, especially when the name of the card is called American, right? And uh, you cannot use it in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true for sure. And I mean, I still believe some some companies accept it, but. It's actually a kind of a drawback. Some companies in Europe, typically the American ones, um, have this global policy about credit cards program, and they just say, okay, it's the same for the whole world. Uh, But indeed, that raises this issue, right? Uh, Even though there are other advantages coming with American Express. But as you mentioned, it all comes down to how easy will it be to use my credit cards and the payment network you choose. And that's going to be one of the major differentiators when we're going to come back to the corporate treasury aspects of it. 
is like it's major. Okay, I want my employees to be able to expense with the credit cards. What's the right choice, depending on the region, typically. Mm. But um, there's also other differences, right? Like uh, uh, again, the reason that American Express. I remember speaking to some people about why do they not accept American Express, and the business owners would always say the fees are higher. But obviously, I don't pay a fee as a user. Yeah. Right. So absolutely. That's a that's a very good question, Sam. And that's gonna I'm gonna keep a little bit uh, the secret here because we're gonna we're gonna break it down in the corporate aspects. But with credit cards come a whole fee scheme that is rather complex actually because you have so many intermediaries um, like to process credit cards. And indeed, as an end user individual, you do not see that directly. But the merchants mm -hmm. that accept those payment methods typically pay a fee based on how many transactions they collect via cards. And this is probably one of the worst payments in the eyes of a merchant because it's percentage-based. So whatever income you get, let's say you get $100,000 a year in business, if your credit cards collection providers like makes you pay 2% out of it, I mean, you, you do the math, it's, it's rather important. So indeed, for you, end user, it's not really visible. But for the whole processing scheme and the merchant, it's quite significant. <laughs> so, actually, I mean, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but then that—that's good. You know, the pros. We, we were talking earlier about the pros and cons of banknotes and the hassle and the costs associated with that. There's also a cost associated with just using the cards as a, as a company, right? So, exactly. at some point, you probably need to weigh up the pros and cons. Yeah, right. absolutely. And that's that's an interesting new matrix that um, we are encountering in this payments journey. For cash and checks collections, uh, every time we, we broke down the implication for corporate jury, it basically comes down to, do I have a branch network wide enough with my banking partners mm -hmm. so I can deposit those checks and cash and potentially involve a third-party transporter? But that is it. With the debit and credit cards, there is another aspect that enters into it. It's like the third parties that are involved in the process, and there are quite a lot. And... It's it's quite costly. So indeed, but we're gonna come to it a little bit later on, I promise. <laughs> Very good to hear. So going back to the credit cards, I mean, I've also got like uh, different um, like rewards linked to my credit mm -hmm. card as well, like exactly. uh, air miles and cashback and hotel points. Yeah. Um, that's another difference, I guess. So it is absolutely. Um, so compared to the debit cards, first of all, and also between the different credit cards. So those are indeed re uh, referred to as rewards credit cards. And this is one of the major difference. So you have this, you, you name them all, and you also have the aspect of the insurance uh, linked to the credit cards. The main ones being the travel insurance, obviously, and the fact that you're protected from fraud liability. This is, those two are, are really important. So as for an individual and for a company, actually, this can be of serious added value depending on the usage you do out of it, whether you like travel a lot to foreign countries and you want to be properly insured and so on. Those are definitely some considerations. And there are not typically different types of credit cards uh, when it comes to reward, but you might want to indeed look into that when you issue a new one. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, the the classic personal finance advice you get also is that you should always pay with your credit card, not with your debit card, because um, you build good credit, right? Uh, your credit score, your credit risk is mm -hmm. uh, proven more if you're using credit cards and paying it off. 
um, and also this insurance point, right? If if there's a fraudulent transaction on your credit card, um, yeah. you haven't you're insured against it. Whereas on your debit card, the money just goes out of your account and you kind of just lose lose. Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. And so lately, um, it hasn't been that obvious because we were in a period of very low interest rates, if not negative. We have a whole episode dedicated to that. But so. The interest of paying with the credit cards is that if you remain within the grace period, so where you do not pay interest out of the money you borrow, because that's what you do, you borrow money from the financial institution that issued the card. If you do that, well, you can still sit between uh, between quotes on your own cash that you are not using to expand. So this cash can bring you and yield additional interest, right? If you are in a period where interest rates are typically 2 or 3%, well, if you invest them overnight or over the period of one month whilst using your credit card so the money of somebody else to do your personal expenses you earn money basically so on top of indeed credit like building up your credit limit and your credit uh, scoring you also earn money out of the credit card usage not talking about all the rewards and the potential cashback you have out of it so in the individual eyes it can be very interesting to use credit cards now you need to be very cautious of how much you use it always repay on time and if one of the main benefits is to build up a good credit score you also do not want to misuse it and build a bad credit score hmm. very clear again i have uh, taken plenty of personal finance advice out of this episode uh, but <laughs> my pleasure but i hope uh, we come soon to the the corporate treasury aspect <laughs>